They did sugar cane dirty. That's the magic trick. My name's Joe Batanz, and this is the first response. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 11, titled Dragra Cadabra. This week, the girls have to work the pit crew and put some work with the pit crew and put some balls in some sacks. For the maxi challenge, the girls put on a magic show to delight the judges. Nina West won, and despite the alarming fact that one team was clearly the worst, and for no real reason, Sugar Kane was sent home packing after her lip sync with Vanjie. My name is Joe Batance, and this is the first response. Okay, so let's start things off with two things I liked about the episode and one thing that I did not. Now, you know, look, here's the deal. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before on the main show. It's been talked about on my 5,000 other shows. But uh, I'm a member of a private club in Los Angeles called The Magic Castle. Uh, It's a private club for magicians. And the reason I'm a member of a private club for magicians is because in a former life, I was an amateur magician. I know quite a bit about magic. In fact, one of the the weird and creepy parts about this episode was knowing the name of the tricks, the names of the tricks that the girls were doing, who invented them, or who did the prop. And you'll hear some of that in the script tomorrow. So obviously, I was a big fan of the Maxi Challenge and the fact that they did a magic show. And I want to say they actually did a pretty good job with some pretty simple, basic the kind of tricks you would see in um, a, ma- a children's set. A lot of those were tricks you would see in a children's set of magic tricks. So, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that. I like the magic show. I'll be honest with you. I, even the shitty one. Um, I like the magic. Even though I've seen those tricks a thousand times, seeing non-magicians perform them was actually kind of refreshing. So in a weird kind of way, I'm not necessarily the most fair judge. Uh, I also like the runway. I was a little skeptical about a, cap- a caftan runway. As we know, Honey Mahogany was red for filth for just wearing caftan after caftan after caftan after caftan. And I actually really liked it across the board. I actually... God, I really wish they would do a caftan runway once a season. I, I really liked it that much. It was kind of, it was, a, it's an odd look. It's a very gay look, a very gay 1970s Barbara Streisand, Mrs. Roper. Good job, Michelle Vossett, Visage, with that reference uh, on the look. Um, and so I really like the runway. I, I, I give it high marks almost across the board. Now, the one thing I didn't like, and, you know, there's actually quite a few things I didn't like. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit. Maybe we'll touch on all of them today. But um, the one thing I didn't like was I really, really felt they did sugarcane dirty. Now, let me tell you this. I'm not a big uh, defender of sugarcane. Like, if she was going to go home, she should have gone home in that troll episode, you know? Uh, but, um, but I feel like she shouldn't have been in the bottom two at all. I'm not going to speculate who should have been in the bottom two. It probably would have been between Akaria or Silky for me. Well, no, because Silky did a good job in the magic show, but Akaria did okay in the magic show, but Akaria didn't wear a caftan. So she failed the runway look. So she so she was on the losing team 
for the magic show. Her patter wasn't very good for the magic show. Yeah, she swallowed the balloon, but they taught her how to do that trick. Her patter was kind of awful. And uh, she didn't match the runway look. It should have been a Kyria versus Vanjie uh, in that in that lip sync. But you know, you know, and I've talked about this before. And people get really mad when I talk about this, but or they when I say this, they don't want to hear this. But I feel, and I have no evidence of this. You know that there, are, you know, when when you have a reality show, always look at the at the cast the credits. And you'll see them in any reality show, even a competition reality show, they have something called a story producer, okay? And the story producer, you know, produces the story. Now, most of what they mean is they they, they help put the story together in post-production, um, you know, with the editing. They find out what the stories are in, in, the, in the footage they filmed, and they help shape that into the narrative that will be the season. But I also think that on RuPaul's Drag Race, that... There is a story. There are storylines that they post, they, that they plan before the show starts. And that doesn't mean that it's fixed. I'm not saying that the show's fixed. Which, by the way, RuPaul's Drag Race doesn't apply because some people might bring up, oh, well, there's these game show laws that they have to abide by, but not really because RuPaul's Drag Race doesn't fall under the game show laws because it's a talent show. Talent shows don't. Uh, fall under game show laws, uh, but but feats of skill do. So, like, you know, uh, what's that one minute to win it? That would be under game show laws for sure. But RuPaul's Drag Race isn't because it's a talent show, and it's essentially whoever RuPaul and the producers feel should win. So they can do whatever the fuck they want. And so I feel that they... I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're rigging the competition, but that they have a storyline that they want to follow and that they based based on the on the cast that they have i would say it's more speculate about who should go in and how people will do and so um i think i think lip syncs are moved around uh i can't really talk about it right now but we can talk about it next week hint but uh, i think lip syncs are moved around to suit their needs better and to because they know a certain lip sync will be a strength for a contestant that they want to keep, and I feel that it wasn't right. It wasn't time for Vanjie to go home. In their head, it was time for Sugarcane to go home. And from a television perspective, they're not wrong. From a television from a television perspective, they're very right. Sugarcane has been boring television. She's not particularly interesting. She, but you know, the problem is. She has never been, except for that troll week, she has never been so bad that they need to throw her off immediately. She's always just been the wor- the, the, the worst part of safe, you know? And so I think that they just need, they're like, fuck, we can't fucking get rid of this bitch. We just got to get rid of her, you know? And so they rigged it. It was pure rigamorous. You know, I know, the American people know that Sugar Cane should not have been in the bottom two today. I'm not saying she should still be in the competition, but if they were if they were to get rid of her, they should have gotten rid of her weeks ago. The problem that they ran into was her looks improved tremendously over the course of the episode. So they should have gotten rid of her the week of the troll looks, but they didn't. And then she brought she's brought the looks the past few weeks. Even this one, Michelle was hard on it. But as I very angrily talked about last week, Michelle is just a puppet of the producers. So I think she was very much like, I just got to read her look because, 
it, we need to get rid of her and we need to we need to give the editors justification why we're getting rid of her because the look was good it it, it wasn't bad it wasn't the worst look she was fine she was fine in the magic show uh there were far worse girls than she was and they did sugarcane dirty she should not have been in the bottom two that was rigamorous in our faces right there it was fucked up it should have been if they're if they're doing a fair competition which we know they're not that's not what this is this is a reality show pretending to be a competition uh they would have had akaria and vanjie in the bottom two but they didn't so, uh, I'm sorry, Sugar Cane. Um, okay, believe it or not, we have a bunch of emails. Now, by the way, I encourage you to write us emails. Disagree with us respectfully. Disagree with us respectfully. But uh, disagree with us, and we will bring it up. Even I don't think I don't know if these really necessarily disagree with us. And so I promise I would read these letters on the air. And uh, let's talk about this one right here. First one says... Uh, Love your recap of, this is from Brigitte, love your recap of Drag Race, especially how in-depth you guys are going. I was hoping you could talk about how Rue keeps making these comments about Silky being a star, right from the start, when she hasn't really done anything that warrants that high opinion. I don't really know the show very well, but I can't remember this being a pattern in any other season. I wonder if they have earmarked her as the winner to get the first plus-size queen to win, and are backing up their choice from the start. They even allowed her to recognize and lift Miley Cyrus in the first See in first episode. Totally believe that was staged. Thoughts from B. Um, okay, so I don't think I don't think that they uh I don't think that they set up uh Silky to lift Miley Cyrus. That that's the last thing they would do. Celebrities don't really especially the caliber of Miley Cyrus don't like to be manhandled like that that much. I think that was just something that Silky did because she wanted a lot of attention and I don't think I think I don't think the producers gave her that permission. Um the recognizing part, I don't know. I still kind of think it's shady what happened there. I feel that but I don't know if they necessarily told her, but I think Silky is very smart and kind of realized they keep forcing this uh this this guy, why are they making such a big attention about him? So she she thinks she clocked there was something up with him and then recognized what was going on. In terms of RuPaul trying to set Silky up, I don't know if I necessarily would say she's trying to set Silky up, but RuPaul, and we've talked about this on, gosh, almost every episode in the past two or three weeks, is very, very much a fan of black girls like Silky. They make her laugh. And so she's a huge fan and just thinks, like, in other words, you know, Silky's essentially just... um Who's that character she played on Snatch Game? She really is just a drag version of her. And uh, um, and it, that makes RuPaul laugh. RuPaul likes really sassy black girls. And when they act like stereotypical black girl humor, it really, really makes RuPaul laugh. And so I think she's just very amused by Silky Nutmeg Ganache. And so I don't know. But, I mean, we, we no one knows who the winners are. Uh, not even RuPaul. It really depends on how they do at the finale. And so we got to see, one, if Silky makes it to the finale, and if she does, whether she wins that or not. All right, so we have another one. This one's from Amy. She says, Hi, Joe and Taylor. I only started watching RuPaul's Drag Race around season nine, and most of the queens I know of are the three most recent queens or the queens from the All-Star seasons. This may provide perspective on my opinions about the season 11 cast. Now... 
She says, you have talked about Silky and how Rue seems to love her. We just talked about that. You have stated that you think she's getting by on her personality alone. Check. And she would most certainly be around through a snatch game. Check. Now, by the way, this literally came up on the judges panel today. I agree with you, but I think Snatch Game and LADP have confirmed that she's only getting by on her personality by default. No one on this season's cast is really that funny. Sure, they have some funny moments, and some of them are doing well in bits and pieces, but there are no Trinity the Tucks or Trixie Mattels to compete against. I might argue with one of those. It's easy to shine when everyone else seems so dull. It's easy to stand out in a season full of queens who aren't all that memorable. Until I saw a season 11 trailer, I forgot Mercedes and Soju were around this season. I almost forgot about Ariel until I saw a mermaid costume online, and it reminded me of hers on the Monsters Ball episode. Really, other than Evie, the weirdo, and Brooklyn, the hot chick, everyone seems forgettable. Until Snatch Game, I forgot about Suga. I remembered Nina during the show, but then forgot about her once it's over. This season's casting feels like a misfire, and Rue has to work harder to get the girls to do something to be remembered for. She then goes on to talk about Silky and her fight with Evie, but that, you know, maybe we'll come to that another day. Uh, What I'll say, Amy, is we just addressed this. Um, It's a pretty forgettable cast, but you know, everyone's coming down on the casting, but you do the best casting you can. You know, and so uh, I think they, you know, you take a gamble. You don't know how they're going to work out. And um, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, it it was, I mean, they have to see what happens. And so I think they took a gamble with uh, this cast. They thought there would be certain clashes. People would be better than they were. And then they, it's different when people get on the show. You know, there's one thing to be on your audition James Mansfield's a perfect example. James Mansfield was a, a, a very minor YouTube drag celebrity, and RuPaul even said, and this is true, Ru, James Mansfield has a different, not a different personality, but a much more carefree personality on her YouTube videos than she did on the show. So I think they anticipate what people are going to be out based on their interviews or based on their uh, applications, and then once you get them in the workroom and the challenges in the front of the camera, who knows what's going to happen. And that's why I feel like, like I told to support my conspiracy theory about the storylines that's why i feel there are some people who go too early like katya i think is a perfect example and i've talked about this at length where i think katya came off one way via her application and her uh interviews and and the way she came off in the challenges like i've always said go back to season seven katya in the challenges is mediocre but in her confessionals, she's a star. She shines. And I think they didn't realize that on set. And then once they got in the editing room, they were like, holy shit, she's a star. And so they got rid of her too early. Uh, because they didn't realize it. They didn't realize it until they had all the footage. And and so she went home when she was supposed to go home based on the little... Now, by the way, I'm not saying that this... That this uh, that this lineup that they have of who's going to go in what order is hard and fast. I feel that they're like, it, it will work like this if everything goes according to plan, but if people are particularly bad, they're going to go home. And if people are particularly good, they're going to stay. And, you know, they, they would love to be surprised. But I think they have an idea in their head of who goes when. And they realize it was time to get rid of Sugar. It's the same thing. It's the same thing you saw in season nine, actually, where they kept trying to get rid of Nina Bonina Brown. 
You know, that, and I've talked about this before. Clearly, they wanted episode nine, the one with Valentina versus Nina Bonina Brown. That was supposed to be the episode. Valentina, their star, was supposed to just get rid of Nina Bonina Brown once and for all. And then Valentina does that stunt, and they have no other choice but to eliminate Nina. I mean, I'm sorry, eliminate Valentina. And that messes everything up. So they have to wait to the following week, where I believe Alexis Michelle sent her home. And. They just wanted to get rid of Nina. They were done with Nina's storyline. She was supposed to be home by that point, and they couldn't get rid of her. And and so they have these sort of not hard and fast order elimination orders, but they have certain people they need to be gone by a certain point because they do have people that they're setting up, a, a group of people to set up to win. Maybe they, they don't have the winner, but they definitely have favorites. And they play those favorites, and they they can they arrange the game so that their favorites went do well, and that the uh, ones that they don't like as much or think they should go home lose. And Sugar Cane made for boring television, so it was time for her to go home. Um, okay, that is gonna do that for the letters. Now, guys, I'm gonna tell you something. So over on Patreon, we have a brand new show called The Tea. Okay, it's basically our kind of take. It was well, let me put it this way: it's supposed to be our take on The View. All right, and called the T. It's myself and two of the funniest people that I know, Shannon Gettins and Lori Roggenkamp, and we're supposed to get together and talk about current events and what's going on. On both episodes that we've created, that doesn't happen at all. We just crazy ass shit happens, and it gets all weird. and And so, what you're going to hear right now is a clip from episode one of the T. And just listen; it's only ten minutes. Okay, but you'll see what I'm talking about. It starts at the beginning and it just goes off the rails. People have already told us that they're in love with this show, right? People are already like obsessed with this show, in love with this show because of just these two episodes. I mean, this show's already a huge hit. We only have two episodes in the bag. So if you like what you hear and you want to continue hearing The Tea with Joe, Lori, and Shannon, head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and join the $3 level to get The Tea, to get all... There's Guys, there are so many... This week, we just had like a backlog of shows and people got... Our Patreon supporters got two episodes a day for the week. They even have surprises coming that they don't even know about because we had so many shows we needed to release. So there's so much content that you're getting for this $3. You're missing out. But for now, enjoy this sample of um, the tea over at patreon.com slash drag race recap. Enjoy it. Laugh. Have a good time. And we'll see you next week on The First Response. As I expected, the show already started. We did like 20 minutes before I even played this song. My name is Joe Batanz. I have Laurie and Shannon with me. This is The Tea. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the time of day is where you are. We're glad you joined us today. My name is Joe Batanz. This is a brand new show called The Tea. And as always, I have the two funniest people with me. Um, from Anaheim, California, we have the hilarious and the talented Lori Roggenkamp. Hi, Lori Roggenkamp. How are you? 
Hi, thank you so much for really focusing on the fact that we're funny people, not funny women. I, well, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, mostly because, as we talked about in the pilot episode, I couldn't tell what gender you identify with. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Well, I do have that beard, so. <laughs> and from Los Angeles, California, she said she has no plugs and then gave me four plugs. It's Shannon Gettins. Hi, Shannon Gettins. How are you? Joe? Yes? Joe, Lori? Lori? Joe? <laughs> Shannon? Thanks for, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Um, the only plug I sent you was a butt plug, Joe. Oh, everyone needs to know this. Is... I sent you plugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have to go real quick and turn down the pot where the eggs are boiling. Wait, so is I'll this be re- right back. <laughs> Wait. Wow. Dude, this is a priority. Okay, everyone should hey, Joe, know. can yeah. I call you back in a little bit? I'm just going to vacuum <laughs> and uh, reorganize my shoes. Wait, Lori, Lori, do you really have to go lower the, the water on the pot that's boiling eggs? Yes. Okay, go do that, and I want to explain what they're talking, what you're talking about. So okay. we were supposed to start the show at at nine on the dot, you know, because Lori was like, "I gotta go, I gotta go to work," you know, and so uh, we're like, "Okay, Shannon and I were here." I, I actually played the song that brings the people to the chat room a little bit early, so that you know we could start right at nine. And then Lori texted at like nine oh two and was like, "I'm gonna be five minutes late." And then it turned out because she was waiting for uh, her eggs that she put to boil. She had to stare into the pot. Yeah, she had to stare in the pot. Now she has to go turn down the water for the pot. Anyway, Shannon, you know, you're, you know, everyone here in the world of Patreon is very familiar with Lori Roggenkamp. But let's give a brief history of how you and I met. Uh, I'll even say it. Like, uh, Shannon used to work for a well-known comedy coach. And my friend Mercedes had signed up for this comedy coach's uh, comedy class. I can hear she, her and her aunt what fighting. What is she yelling at? I oh, want to no. listen. Shh, shh, let's listen. You need to put them look in here. Find out where you're dealing with the force. What's the matter, Lori? I'm not going to argue with you about it. I don't want you using those forks until you find where the other ones are. Yes. I can't tell which one is Lori. I can. Well, you need to look. I have, there's no place I put them. Oh my god, I love this. Are they fighting about forks? Yes. This is the show. This is this is the show. Should we just can we just, can we just put a mic in Lori's house? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I would kill for that. I would kill for that. Yeah. Now here's the question: Will Lori what come, fork would you be using? Will Lori come back egg? and tell? Will she tell us about the fight, or will she? Or will she pretend like nothing happened? Don't think, oh, sorry, the water was too boily. Yeah, yeah. Now you can hear her. Now she's like slamming drawers. She's pissed. Like, yeah, you want this fork? I'll put it in. I'll fork this. She probably stabbed the ant with the fork. Now she's trying to get rid of the body. Wait, was that the ant? Yeah, she, she, she lives with her aunt. But the ant sounds a lot like her. <clears throat> April in the chat room said it's two lorries like if- in the background fighting with each other. It sounds like, yeah. <laughs> If my, I mean, I haven't talked to my aunt in a long time, but if, if I raised my voice like that, like it would be like, we're never talking again. Oh, here it comes. Oh. <gasps> 
going to buy some oh. forks for them. My, I'm just, I was just going to order some. Please find the forks and just be like, oh, here they are. <laughs> wow. I do want like, to I'm a little, I'm a little uncomfortable. Like I'm like sweating a little bit over well, you know, if it was you and Dave finding me, but I feel like look, this, like this, we're, what, what, what we're. So this is like a. This is how they talk. Oh, so so uncomfortable right now. What we're witnessing, like right I don't now. like someone talking to Lori like that. Well, what we're, what we're, I can't tell who's talking. What we're witnessing right now is the birth of one of Lori's bits. Yes. This this will be this is gonna make her tight five. Oh my god. Like I don't think I've ever yelled like that about a a utensil of of any kind. Yeah. Hello. Hello, how are you? How are your eggs? Lori, hey. Is everything working out? Hello? Hello, now what happened with your eggs? Uh, I just turned the volume down. The volume down on the eggs? Well, I mean the uh, the heat down. Uh, they have to go down for ten minutes, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Now, when you when you make eggs, Lori, do you use a spoon, a fork, a knife? Like, what do you use? I use. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> What utensil do you use? One fork for every egg. Now, do you use one fork for every egg? Do you use a dozen forks? Yeah. yeah. Why are you using so many forks for your eggs, Lori? Just, you know, how I feel. And then once you use a fork, you just throw it out, right? You don't wash it and keep it. By the way, Lori, I forgot to tell you this. Uh, Last night, I went into your house and I stole about 35 forks. Do you need them back? Yes, I would appreciate it if you could. (laughs) Wait, Joe. Remember those forks that I borrowed from you? Are those the same ones? Because I well, yeah. But I Sh- oh, sorry, Lori. I borrowed the forks and then I lent them to Shannon. <laughs> so I have to. We have to wait till she's done using them, and then. <laughs> yeah, no, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Yeah. So I don't know where. I mean, because you can't. There's nowhere to order forks, or you know what I mean. Like we could. I don't know. We no. could. Maybe a spork. We could. Tur- we could like cut a spoon. Like a jagged edge on a spoon. Now, yeah. Lori, here's what I'm going to do. And uh, give me your address. I'm going to go on Amazon. Because, you know, on Amazon Basics, like, 20 forks are like $10 or something. I want to send, like, 100 forks to your, yes. your aunt's house. No, they have to and be a specific. They have to be a spe- what, wait, wait, like, tell us tell what, what kind. What kind of fo- and I, right I like how Lori's, Lori's trying to... <laughs> She's trying to, like, talk into the microphone, but also keep the aunt doesn't hear her talking about the forks. No, her aunt is, like, super listening in right now. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think the aunt is going to... You know what you should do, Lori? This is what you do. Mm -hmm. Next time the aunt's asleep, I'll get you a fork, and then you go to the crafting room and make a whole scrapbook of forks. Of forks. (laughs) Like, of you traveling with them. Yeah. Like, all the things you do with them outside of the house. Yeah, everyone should know that in in Lori's house, her aunt has an entire room dedicated to crafting, and specifically scrapbooking. So I think... It's great. Yeah. It's immaculate. Yeah, it's... Oh, my God. You know what? It would be so great. Oh, Lori, this is what you do. I'll buy, like, the the three or four boxes of forks from Amazon, and then just, like, Mm -hmm. put them in one of the drawers, all the forks. (laughs) 
By the way, Lori, what is your theory what happened with the forks? If you had a theory, you know, if this was a, no if this was murder, she forked. What? Which I believe we're close to. I I was waiting for to hear the, your aunt fall on the floor from murder. Murder, she forked. I was waiting to hear. <laughs> I was waiting to hear like just like a wham, and like guys, I gotta go. <laughs> like, so, so here's my question. You just hear her dragging a body through yeah. the living room. If you had to do, oh, like sorry, a, the eggs took forever. Like, if you had a theory as to what happened to these forks, Lori, what would your theory be? I honestly don't know. I don't know. What Meanwhile, happened. your dad's sitting in the corner, like side eyeing everybody, like whistling quietly to himself. Yeah. Who knows? Are they little tiny forks? Yeah, like what do they look like? Forks you use for the shrimp or like yeah. the lo- lobster? No, forks? they're just like um, we have like bigger forks and then we have like medium sized forks instead of medium sized. <laughs> <laughs> and I use I use those forks primarily because I have dainty hands. So and everyone knows it. Yeah, everyone, knows everyone is aware. Lori has very dainty hands. Where so are the needs- Lori forks? Yeah, yeah. No, let me. Oh. Ask, I want to. I have one more question about this. Are you? Do you think this is just a theory of mine that, like, when you take lunch to work, you take a fork and then you've just been slowly accumulating forks and they're in your car? I don't take the forks because it's metal, so I don't want it to erode or anything. <laughs> or so road. 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 You what, 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 <laughs> Are you like an assault mine? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Are you like stirring a witch's brew? What do you? What? Yeah. <laughs> I teach, I I teach autistic kids at a salt mine. It's a. Also, <laughs> the autism. Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode of The First Response. Make sure to stick around tomorrow. Uh, look, at, look at your feed. You're going to get uh, the RuPaul's Drag Race full recap with myself and Taylor the Latte Boy in your feed tomorrow evening, tomorrow afternoon, depending on what part of the country you live in. If you want to get a hold of us, go ahead and do that at DragRaceRecap at gmail.com. And then again, one more time, a plug for patreon.com slash DragRaceRecap. Uh, I, I think actually now I have a first response outro, don't I? Let's see here. No, I don't. Uh, but let's just play the song on the out here. Um, see like that. Yeah, so join us, and as, as always, immediately after the, the East Coast premiere of, uh, the RuPaul's Drag Race, we have a brand new episode of the, of the first response. Stick around for the full thing tomorrow. See you next week. Bye.